Father, I thank you for the children that have been able to receive your word here and for those who will be able to share it with others, your love, your compassion, and your word. Father, I thank you for divine protection over them, that this time will not remain a stain. God, we know historically that children have gone through things. If the, if the blood of Jesus isn't applied, they carry it into their adult life. And we don't want to see one person. We thank you for the power of the blood. We thank you for it. We thank you for it, Father. Even when they don't understand it, we thank you they're washed by it. And they will rise up strong, full of faith, ready for their generation. Those who you've set in there to speak, those who have got called in that, that there'll be no hindrances. And they'll rise and go forth in obedience to your call in Jesus' name. Amen. You may go and be strengthened. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. The Bible tells us that those who are just drinking milk haven't come of age. And that the meat belongs to those who are of age. And there is a place where as a parent... I recognized that I had to take them from pablum to something, some meat. If they were going to continue to grow, I'd kind of give them some stuff to chew on. And so this morning, you're going to get some meat. Because there is time for a backbone to be inserted. Amen. Some of your spines have got a little weak in the last year or so. And God wants to fix us. So that he can bring healing in the nation. And at this juncture, the most important thing for you to recognize and all the people who are faith and, and tied up in confession that comes out of your mouth but not out of your heart. Hear me clearly today. It's time it came out of your heart because faith took place. Not just empty confessions of, of wishful thinking. Amen. We are not yet strong enough but we will be but we will be we get strong by facing and taking and being and acknowledging the areas where we need to be strengthened and and it's like when you go to the gym and you know there's a certain area in your life you'll know quickly after the first few times you've gone if it hasn't been a while where the weaknesses lie and when we talk about the strength of the word, it is very revealing, if we will let it be, to the areas where the strength and faith needs to be poured in so that we can grow and be unmovable and steadfast. Amen? Now, I don't want to be moved. I realize the word of God has said he set my feet upon a rock so I shouldn't be. But what has caused, you know, the winds have been blowing and people have been shuffling. How do I know it's been shuffling? Because I hear the strife. I see the anger. And Pastor Jason talked about that reformation this morning. I thought, here we go again. Praise the Lord. We're all on that page. God's trying to get our attention on some things. And yes, it sounds very stern, but you'll laugh soon, maybe. Sometimes if you laugh a little, lets the knife go in better. Up and down, up and down. The knife slides in between your ribs and the surgery will take place. Amen. Now, this morning we were singing a lovely song. And as the Lord kept encouraging me, you've got to speak in strength and come from a position of strength and believe God for strength in the people. That when we hear songs, they can be very revealing how we respond to them. When we sing songs that are about us and it touches our heart and we get all like, woo, woo, that's a signal that it's about us more than God. Keep chewing. You'll be all right. It is a stage and it's a place, but we can't camp out on your amazing. We can't camp out there. It stirred us and that's a good thing. Be stirred, but don't stay on the outside. Strength isn't on the outside. We're not going to all look. Oh, God, there you are. God's on the inside. Yeah. And until we move from that, and it's great, and I appreciate it, and I love it. I'm glad the people of God begin to go, you know what? God's really something. 
that's a great step. I'm not trying to put that down, not in any way. It's an acknowledgement. And that acknowledgement, now we're going to take the meat of it because we want to move past and into strength. We've got to take that next strength and get it off ourselves. The first place and the reason we love as I began this service is because we recognize God's forgiven us. We recognize we love because he first loved us. That is an important and vital step. But until we take the next one, the strength won't manifest. And he's called us to walk in strength. He's called us into that place. So you might get a little nervous about those things, but it's okay. Keep breathing. You're going to be just fine. You're going to grow. And sometimes there's growing pains with it. But we're going to like it. Amen? What happens when we move out of self-focus and we become more focused about God? It's so much easier. It's just so much easier. And you'll feel better in the morning because you realize there's somebody else beside you. And where we started, love doesn't seek her own. But what does that really look like when we have a world that's pressing all the time and messaging? It's about you. It's about you. It's about you. How do you feel? How? Oh, watch this feeling. Everybody's getting hurt. Ah, we can't be those people. So when people are going cuckoo and doing all kind of nutty things, and that's, there's lots to be like stirred up about that aren't God. Lots of things. But it must be the voice of God that moves us. It must be. Or we're going to get taken into the storm. Because there are other storms brewing. But we don't have to be involved in them. This is a time of healing. But we need to get in that place. And let's turn. I'm going to get there. I tried to get to the chapter and verse. But these things are just flowing. So we're going that way. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to start with verse 1. It's a good place. It's always good to start at the first verse. Amen. <laughs> we are going to be strong people. That aren't affected by every wind. Amen. Amen. And very courageous. And very courageous. I couldn't think of a time in my life over the last nine months, I think I've had more uh, persecution than I have in years. And it's come primarily from believers. Not surprised. Ah, the world doesn't really care anyway. They get offended at everything, so it's not a problem. But the, many people have tried to correct me because I didn't do things how they thought I should. But I've been doing my best here from heaven to do what he says. And not everybody liked that. Everybody has an idea how you do things. But it didn't bug me. Do you know why? It's a fly. The Bible tells me that when persecutions come, if I'll leap for joy, because in like manner they persecuted my fathers before, so I did. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to steal my joy. I have a lot of things. You know, if, if anybody came to you and tried to steal your wallet, you'd get kind of excited and slap them down, you know. Just try and take my purse from me, you know, just try it. And besides which, when I travel, somebody tried to take my purse once. I thought Alex was going to take him down one, two, three. You know, you should have seen the look on his face. There's no way anybody's going to get my purse. But are you going to take your joy and sacrifice joy over somebody else's little criticism and offense? Mm-mm. That's not us. And you see, when we come into that kind of strength, Say what you want. Really? Trolls on the internet, they'll say all kinds of things. I think my husband's got the best. He says, I play with them and I put them away. <laughs> Look at this. I started this. He does, it doesn't bother him at all. His don't care level is wonderful. I love it. It's wonderful. Not anxiety. He doesn't get it. It's like he's not moved by it. And, and that's, that's a good thing for all of us. Don't get moved by what they say and what they do. Get moved by the Spirit of God. Amen. Now, did you find 1 Corinthians chapter 4? Verse 1, let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. In the Amplified Version, which I know a lot of you enjoy, it says, so then let us apostles look, be looked upon as ministering servants of Christ, stewards or trustees of the mysteries. The secret purposes of God. Moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful, proving himself worthy of trust. I think that's pretty good. 
we are an essential service. <laughs> Amen. Unfortunately, we don't really know what essential means, and neither does the world. But here's where it is. What are you and I supposed to be serving to this world? First of all, first of all, we are not to serve men or cook him either and serve him in any other ways. We're not looking to make a recipe for the world. That is not our purpose. Our first and foremost call is the ministry of honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our first primary call to get in a relationship with Jesus, to have it real and have him first and chat with him. If there was nothing to do on this earth, no goals, no nothing, everybody was saved, it was all nice like that. It's what it's going to be like in heaven. And as it is in heaven, supposed to be on the earth, we know that there's work to be done. I'm not saying that. But if there was nothing to do, would you still worship God? No. You should. It should have been the automatic question. That's the primary. The first thing we do is loving God. And really, when that's right, the other part just unwinds properly. It's when that gets out of order. And we have this underlying, come on, watch me now, this is a growth point. When you think you got to do something to get his favor. And it's sneaky and it's subtle. And it tries to make God's people feel bad if they're not doing something 24-7 for him instead of by him. Did you hear me? It's not for him. It's by him and through him. And when it's for him, we get knotted up. We're back to self-focused. You know, when children are growing, and I'm not trying to say you're all two-year-olds, please hear me. But I understand as we grow in Christ, there are different areas where God strengthens us. And like I said, when, when you go to the gym, there are certain muscles that haven't been used for a while. We haven't used our strength muscle. We haven't used our strength of faith muscle. We've used it where we wanted it. And where we needed it. Mm. But how about those other places? Have you ever felt, I don't, I don't really know what she's talking about when it just talks about having a relationship with God and just loving God. When was the last time you asked for faith to strengthen that? Hmm. Interesting. Isn't that supposed to be our primary, getting to know him, having a relationship? We all talk about it in relationship to marriage and spouses, that, that it takes work. That you have to work at your relationship, otherwise it's you know, going to have all kinds of negative impacts and those kinds of things. Well, do you work at the relationship with Jesus Christ? What's the work that we're supposed to do? Believe on him who he sent. What about believing that he loves you even when you don't feel like it? Believe he's directing you even when you can't feel it? Believing that he's with you when you can't see him? Hmm? It occurred to me as I was praying and meditating about how to impart strength. And how, to, how it, it's necessary to have that great undergirding of faith, which we haven't talked about much. I thought about the disciples. And I was thinking, you know, it was pretty easy for them. They were walking right beside him, right? They saw the miracles. It was easy for them to believe. No. Sometimes it's harder. When we get to know someone in a wrong, familiar way by walking close beside them, how often does this happen? Happened with Jesus. Said he couldn't do what? Many miracles. Why? Because they knew him by the flesh. So when he went to the cross, all the disciples there, they, they see him. And by the way, Paul was alive and walking on the earth. Just tuck that one in there. Paul, you know who became St. Paul, wrote Gospels. He probably saw him too. Just saying. Just a little... Just tuck that in. Think about it this week. So there's the disciples. They're waiting. They're obeying. They're sitting there in Acts chapter 1, praying and stuff. And, and, and they said to him, if they believe in this guy whom they saw, touched, walked around with on the earth, he's gone to the cross, and we're supposed to, now we have to believe that he died for our sins. Interesting. Interesting. They had to have faith, too, just like us. And sometimes more difficult when you've got to know them personally. Because they would have seen him 
in his humanness, in his human form. And what does that mean? That means they got to see him in all the cases. You ever watched anybody you know eating? Sometimes they get food stuck in their teeth. And you're like, if you love them, you tell them about it. If you don't, you kind of smile and look away. <laughs> right? You're kind of like embarrassed for them. Why are you embarrassed? You love them. Tell them there's something on your teeth. Wouldn't you want them to, you know, I don't want to walk around with a green piece of whatever when I'm smiling. I don't want that. I'm glad for those people who tell me that. Food happens. <laughs> Food might happen to Jesus. I'm not saying there's chapter and verse for it, but he was walking around in a human way. And the disciples would have saw that. And it was just as much and required just as much faith for them to believe that Jesus died for their sins as it does for us who haven't seen him. Everyone has to believe. Everyone. So when it talks about our being stewards of the mystery and, and that it's essential, what does it mean to really walk in that essential part? There's an essential part that God is calling us to where we walk in a, in a different level of faith. And imagine that we get to be stewards in care of, in care of the mysteries of God. Interesting. Well, if we're still stuck in the place where we're describing the mysteries of God as God is in control. I, I said to the Lord, and it, I said, God, why does that irritate me? I ask God questions like that. Why do every time I hear it, like inside, I go, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't do that on the outside, but that's what happens inside, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? God is in control. And they've stuck that in because they don't have an answer. It's a deep mystery. We don't know why this is happening, but God is in control. And we wonder why the world looks at us and go, those people are fruitcakes. Mm-hmm. I love them. It's because we try to answer this deep why and try to sound wise and deep, and so we stuff that in there. And, and so when I was talking to the Lord about it, I said, God, I, I don't want to be irritated. I don't want to walk in strife. I don't want to, like... Like, you know, be cross with my brother or sister because they've said something like that out of their mouth. I want to operate in love. Help me love that person, God, or at least have an answer or solution. And it's, a, it's because they don't understand that they don't have to answer everything. I was like, huh. And I thought, are we okay with the unknown? Are we okay with the unknown? This is the place of faith. Amen? That answers the unknown with confidence. Giving you some things to think about. So mysteries are hidden things. If they're hidden and lights come, and you spend time getting to know him, he might just tell you a few things. Obviously, if we're supposed to be stewards of them, he's going to tell us. And he's going to tell us and give us answers. The problem is we've got so used to instant on is that we don't have the patient endurance to wait for the answer. So we start stuffing the holes we feel in our life or the vacancies and, and we start putting stuff in there because we don't want to feel like we're missing something. And we become a culture that is so focused on loss so focused on it that we're trying to put everything in every little hole we find. We're trying to put out little tiny fires. Instead of looking at the fire of God, we're running around driving ourselves right off the, the, you know, the workhorse thing. We're you know, going around in circles, stomping out little fires. God never intended any of us to do that. You know, we're not firefighters. We walk in fire. We're starting fire. The right sort. <laughs> the right sort. God will confide in us when we're trustworthy. If he can't trust you with information to deliver it and when to deliver it and how to deliver it, he's not going to tell you. Pretty simple. But imagine that calling us to stewards. Steward his information. That's why we're here. The other part. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great thing. He's going to call us to be stewards of what's been hidden from the world. See, that's where it's hidden from. It's not supposed to be hidden from us. 
So when we're walking with the Spirit, we're walking with God, and we're partnering with him. Don't you just know when you're close to someone, you get to know their inner heart? And you see it from a different perspective. You see, I, a lot of people think, oh, you're not aware of what's going along, and I've had a lot of people trying to school me as to this and that and the other, and, and you know, sending me emails. Don't you know about this? Don't you know about this? This is the end of days. Well, they've been saying that since I was a teenager. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> the sun has come and you've been left behind. Get ready. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I'm ready for Jesus. He can come anytime. I'm good with that. But I'm also good with doing what I need to do and occupying till he gets here. Amen. Amen. And, and so, so I understand that. But when you're saying, you know, and it's so full of fear. It's so filled with fear and hatred. Don't you know? I'm telling you what. You can't pray for the government when you hate them. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I told you, strong meat today. Don't get swayed. Don't get into strife. The Bible does not give any permission for you to get in it with someone else. It's his kingdom. People move around in his kingdom. They shouldn't, but they do. All the time. Shifting, shifting, shifting. Can't sit still. Can't sit still. Can't sit still. Don't know how to wait. We want to, you know, I remember that time when I was working in the bank several years ago at Carolyn Hastings Bank of Montreal, in fact, where my mother helped me get a job there. And, and there was a time when they were doing this thing, and we had to, you know, count how many seconds we were with each customer. And that was a long time ago. They were so concerned uh, and wrapped up with the time clock and how many people you could serve in a certain amount of time. And today we have become so time-driven that we don't know how to live inside of God's timing. And timing is telling us what to do. Well, if you didn't get an answer today, that's it. It's not coming. Hello? What if it took you four months to hear from heaven? Would that be okay? Amen. We've got time. Time's not going to tell us what to do. We're going to be patient. We're going to be able, because I'd rather hear from God and know what he says and do that and have good success rather than have my own plan, have to pay for it myself and work hard to get the money. Right? That's what happens. And I get worn out in the meantime. Driven. Not going to do it. I'm going to be that steward he has called me to be. And when I get to know him and I walk beside him, he begins to tell me things. Now, he didn't tell me everything. But he will tell me what I need to know for the task that he's called me in. So where he's called me to pastor, there's this place where he says, this is what you need to do. How do you need to pray? Watch for this. Da, da, da. He does that. He tells me. Sometimes people come to me, did you know this was going on? As a matter of fact, I did. I just didn't say anything about it. I talked to God about it, but I didn't talk to you about it because now I have anything to do with you. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. There are times... When you think, I wonder if she knows. It's a funny thing because most people think, you know, she's a prophet of God. But the second it comes to does she know, they, they, you know, the two of them come apart. It's a funny thing. Chances are, if it has to do with the body that he's called me to serve in, I'm going to know or someone close to me is going to know and they're going to set me straight. I'm not saying I know everything. But I'm saying what I need to know, God tells me. Amen. Now, he may not tell me the whole situation, but he tells me when to pray for people. Some of you are intercessors. God will show you what to do and how to pray. And sometimes he doesn't tell you what it's about, but he just says, go ahead and pray. Please go ahead and pray. Amen. Be a steward of the gift he's put inside of you. You know, surrender to that. Let it flow through you. I mean, what an honor. Stewarding the things of God. That's what he's called us to. Steward that. Look after it. Care for it. Know about it know about it what a wonderful thing it's a wonderful thing praise the lord and and the the great part about being a steward of the word or a steward of the mysteries we'll find that we're stewards of actually faith because we're called to be faithful in that so we get to be stewards and help people come to a greater level of faith or a greater level of strength hmm? yeah. right yeah. isn't that going to be how it works yeah. you think about it this way if you looked up the word steward, it talks about even being able to manage someone else's financial affairs. Yeah, in their name. That's a pretty honorable and trustworthy position. 
And so if you think about God's putting his works in our hands that way, he's putting the word in our hand, he's putting the things to help people in our hand, he's putting his wisdom in our hand, and that's what we get to carry. I want to be good carriers of that, faithful in it, faithful in it. And, and I like the word faithful because I always take it apart and I like to be faithful, you know, full of faith. But there's a place where it's not something talked about very much anymore. We don't talk about the character. We like to talk about the things of God and, you know, Jesus coming back with a horse and killing all the people we don't like. <laughs> take down that government, Jesus. Take it down. Take it down. And he doesn't do it that way, and I don't see that he really ever has. He never, never. I'm sure that that's what they were waiting for. You know, when he comes riding in on that donkey, looking all kingly-like, they're throwing stuff down. It's like, right, he's going to take down the government. Yeah, here we go. And that didn't happen. Didn't happen. Our expectations is sometimes not in line with the mystery. <laughs> but if we'll, we'll allow our expectations to go aside and hear his, we can be changed. And we begin to hear what really he wants us to steward, wants us to help people. Whereas ministers and ministers are servants and, and stewards of his goodness. Think about that. What a great opportunity to move in that. It also carries out an official duty. We're standing in his name, standing by his presence, standing there ushering in what God wants to happen. Think about that as far as the nation is concerned. When we know that leaders have not, let me change my words there just for a minute because I feel strongly about the word leader and we haven't seen many. Yeah, it bothers me. Sometimes those who are called to be leaders haven't yet stepped into the strength God's called them to for a variety of reasons. And some people, as I heard one young man say, are just empty suits. We want to see suits filled. And we want to see God's leaders rise up. Part of the problem has been, can I let you know this? I'll tell you anyway. Part of the problem has been, we've argued and fought in, in the body of Christ in ways we shouldn't and argued over small things. We've or argued over position and struggled about position and power. And, you know, I didn't call me, but people sure didn't like it. I don't think they liked Catherine Kuhlman much either. Catherine Kuhlman was a very humble woman who set aside and said it could have been anybody else. But God, and they, they said no, but God called her. And she laid down her life. It's never easy to step into the fullness of what God calls you. And the easy part is the persecution, honestly. <laughs> That's the easy part. The challenges come when you realize the responsibility of people's hearts that God opens up to you and the carefulness required. And still, you make mistakes. That's the hard part. We do our best to love. We do our best to hear from heaven. We do our best to steward the things he's put on our heart. And still, some people get hurt. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. Pray for ministers. Don't assume you are one. The anointing's there on those he calls. And it's not on those he hasn't. If we could resolve that, we'd have a more, much more peace. But it's because of self and the acknowledgement of self. We want to be known. I tell you what, I'd rather not be. <laughs> there are days it's like, please, Lord, don't, you know, I just like to get in the grocery store and out safely. And, uh, you know, I just want that quart of milk or whatever. Uh, that's an old saying, leader. <laughs> you know, there are days, and then sure enough, if it's that day that if when I was cleaning or something and I had, you know, no makeup on my hair and a funny you know, ponytail, and I've just run out to get that one thing I forgot, and I meet someone, and I look like I've been cleaning, you know, and, and they're like, are you pastor? Let me tell you my life, oh, and you're like, praise the Lord, 
you know, but God's anointing isn't according to how you're dressed. <laughs> or how tired you are or how, you know, uh, you weren't all prayed up. You were just there, you know, and, and it just happens. And that's, but we're stewards. I think the most important part about this verse is the requirement of faithfulness. Faithfulness is that place where you put aside self. You must. In order to be faithful, you got to put aside your selfish uh, desires. And that's not easy. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to die to self. Great. And we all go, yay, let's do that. Ha ha. We'll surrender to God. Yes, we'll have a great service. We'll all cry. Get out the Kleenex. We're surrendering to God. And we have this great emotional service. I'm going to cry. Pastor, we all cry. Man. And Monday comes. And self wakes up and goes, hello, where's my coffee? Or whatever else. And they're like, oh, it's morning. It didn't go the way I wanted it. That's not faithful. <laughs> it's something, but it's not faithful. <laughs> I think that's a piece of that anger part, Pastor. <laughs> we, we saw what that was. And that wasn't the spirit of God. And the fullness was thereof, but the fullness of self. <laughs> and if we could all laugh at each other, just laugh at yourself now. You know, come on, you know. <laughs> Let's laugh at ourselves. It makes it easier. One second, you know, the knife goes in a little bit easier. The surgery can take place. When you're laughing like that, it opens up your ribs more. Gets in and carves a little bit of that piece out where it's self on your heart, you know. And uh, faithful, trustworthy, trustworthy. Can we be trustworthy? Hmm. You say, oh, yeah, you can trust me. Mm -hmm. We can be trusted. Here's a really good piece that, that will help you. If you cannot hold the information you heard, you weren't anointed to hear it. If you feel the pressure on that word, somebody's come to you and they've poured out their little heart and they've told you some things that are like private and sacred. And you're starting to like, I gotta tell someone you're not anointed to hear it. So how do you get out of that situation? If you'll admit it, see there's an anointing to deal with what you're called to deal with. And a lot of people want to pour out the heart, but it might not be the right time. You could stop them. You know, I understand you're in a situation right now. Can we just take a moment? I think there's someone that they could do this in a different way. Find the exit door. Because we're not anointed to hear everything. We're not. I'm not. You're not. God is. He can hear it all. And he will have answers. But that moment you feel pressure and that thing's going to explode, you weren't anointed or you need to run to your knees quick. Or run, get down, call out, pour out. Get it out of you. Don't keep that in you. It'll hurt you. You'll end up hurting others. Because that's where so much of what happens in the trustworthy department is someone comes, they finally get to some point and they got to tell somebody. And they tell somebody, and it goes south really quickly. Do you know what I'm talking about? They had to tell somebody else, and the next thing you know, what did they say? You broke my trust. You told my secret. You know, I knew you had to tell someone, and there's someone. We, there are people, they, they got to tell, and that's the truth, but you got to tell the right one. If you're feeling the pressure, and you're the other person, and you're feeling the, the need that you got to dump your cookies to someone, Pray about it. Ask God to help you find the right one and tell them, and it'll be anointed, and it'll have a God result and a God harvest. That other business has a harvest of hurt. This is why we have the struggles we do with the situations our nation is facing. Let me tell you, there's more things coming. There are going to be more graves found. And we've got to be able, those we can acknowledge it. We're not, not a one of us should stand there and say, what happened was right. But I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I know the cure is the love of God and not dismissal. You cannot dismiss that pain. But when they're ready to receive the love of God and forgiveness, it, they can be healed.
every one of them. Every one of them. We cannot go back and change history, but we can be history makers. Amen? Where did I get to? I was untrustworthy <laughs> talking about faithfulness. I think it's time that we as a church became strong in character again. And that means we're going to have to allow him to adjust us and take out the parts that have been hurt. Over this past year, I've seen so many struggle. Some of them have not made it through. I've had held the hands of many in, in other communities where they suffered greatly. And the pain has been deep because it stirred up old wounds of PTSD and those kinds of things, just being locked up. We're moving to a time where those things are going to change. And there'll be more freedoms, certainly at church. But that doesn't mean they don't need healing. And we need to be strong enough and know when we can hear and when we cannot hear. That takes strength. It takes strength and admission and truth and trustful and faithful. Can we be faithful to say to that person, I understand you're in pain. But can I direct you to someone who can help you more with this? You don't have to be the person trying to answer everything. When you understand that, you'll begin to steward the mysteries of God. He has made every one of us. You see, when we recognize as stewards, one of the great mysteries is he has poured us out individually. He has made us distinct and unique. And every one of us gifted slightly different than the other. And it's when those gifts come alive, when they find that place and embrace where God set them and embrace the uniqueness and embrace the distinctiveness. Now we can be functioning as his body without missing pieces do you see that so as we begin to steward that place and we know this is where I'm called this is the anointing on my life and we don't pull back we don't allow ourselves to be hindered or limited we come out of the the stuck feeling whole no I know this is where God has called me I know I am confident in this area I'm confident in teaching I'm confident in love I'm confident in giving to others I'm confident that God has called me in this place to pray for others I'm confident in, in what God has put in my heart to come out and minister. Now, 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 you can begin to steward that ministry out to others and be that minister of faithful. Be that minister of the word because you've identified where your call is. It's time for us to come out of the place of ourselves where we're needing all of the, the ministry personally. We have to come out of that. God will do it. God will do it. Now, I know today there's going to be an opportunity. I'm going to pray for some of you for strength in that because some of you just need that healing. Don't feel bad. It's not about that. That's the th Sometimes selfishness tries to keep you out of even getting healed. It's funny how that works. It just turns you around and around and around. No. No. Admit it. It's okay. We've all been there. We've all needed a hand of God on our life. Get it, love it, and then live it. Amen? <laughs> Let it flow in your life. He's called us and appointed us as stewards of his mystery. That, and we should be found to be faithful. We need to be trustworthy, all those areas. And we can walk in that accurately, filled with love and strong. And strong. I love the word of God. It's faith that changes my life. It's faith that changes your life. But truthfully, there's not much of it we believe. How do I know? Pastor Jason said this morning, we know when someone's angry. When someone's full of faith, we know. They never have to tell us. They never have. Their life exudes it. Because when it's faith, it's normal. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to make five confessions. The confession comes out of that place. It's natural. It's natural. The most natural thing you can do. Faith is a wonderful thing. I love it. 
I've learned more about it in the last times. Sometimes there's been places where I've said, you know what? I understand the work of the flesh, and I didn't want to admit it. I have expectations of the flesh. It should look like this. And when I do that, I'm actually counterbalancing faith. And I had to admit so that I could grow. I just say, you know what, God? Man, that was my flesh. <laughs> and you know what? We all live in the flesh. Nothing to be embarrassed of. Nothing to be embarrassed of. I didn't like it when I took math exams. That was about grade five or six. I kept getting like two or three wrong out of 100. It drove me around the bend. I did not like it. I was fast. And, and, and in my speed, I'd sometimes write something down wrong. And it's like I couldn't fix it. I couldn't. I couldn't get those three right. So I never had the perfect score. I wanted to be perfect. Now, no one here has ever had that. I understand. You've all been mightily delivered. Praise the Lord. After speaking with some teachers, they said, you can never fix that. The three wrong is more difficult to fix than 50% wrong. When it's 50% wrong, there's something wrong in the understanding. When it's 3% wrong, it's accidental. And you can't fix that. And I'm like, well, that didn't fix it at all. That was like God is in control. It did not sit well with me. <laughs> did not. What could I do? I wanted to be perfect Christian for a long time. I did. Seriously. Nobody else liked that, right? God, I want you to count. I don't want to just be faithful. I want to be perfect, right? <laughs> and they look at me and go, whoa, she's a perfect woman of God. Well, that is not going to happen. I keep getting three wrong. <laughs> Get over yourself. It is a mystery. <laughs> and God is in control of that. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Submission to that voice that says you need to be perfect released me of that expectation. And when I was released of that expectation, I was happier, praise the Lord. Things were easier, and I was stronger. Because I had been trying to be strong in my own. And I did not have the strength to do that. But when I could say straight up, this was my desire, I could identify then what were his. The greatest strength comes in your life when you can admit where you haven't been faithful. Where you can say, God, I, I got this part, and he knows you do. But that place where you can say, I need to grow here. He'll help us. He wants us to be strong and mighty and pouring out and ministering to others with greater capacity to be unmoved, to be steady in all things, to wait for his answer, to know it and speak it with great confidence that he is with us. I'm so confident that he's omnipresent. I'm not so sure I was before. <gasps> Pastor, no shut. Yes. You don't have to shut the doors. He can go through them. We'll get there. At the beginning, when the churches were shut, there were some things that the Lord spoke into my heart that I kept kind of to myself. One of them was the fact that I knew that our country did not have faith for change. Today, that's different. It's taken time, but we've got stronger. And faith is rising. I've heard more word come out of our body than previous years because the word is taking root and you're growing. And God says it's time for more. Strength will only come and greater strength within you 
when you have a little clipping. According to John 15, no one escapes it. He clips off that which isn't bearing and clips that which is so that you can bear more. Let us faith ourselves with great boldness and confidence that there's nothing God doesn't know about anyway and that he's looking to take us to that next place because there is a next place and a place is coming. A place is coming where we're not going to be moved by any kind of storm. It won't matter. It won't matter. Storms come and go. Wars come and go. Some people have tried to rise up standing in what they believe is the prophet's office in this time and in this hour. And they have said that there is certain disaster rising. This is not the voice of the Lord. I say that with confidence by the Holy Spirit today. Some voices you need to turn off and turn out. They are not submitted to the Holy Spirit and they are not submitted to those people who God has placed beside them. And some people hear these words and fall into the error and one of those markers has been the character that they have not carried. And this is not a time to listen to every voice, but to hear carefully and wait carefully for the voice of the Lord. Yes, there are things coming, but you're not going to be moved by them. It is the word that will hold you fast every time. The word will ground you, and you will know and test everything that you have heard according to the word. You've heard the word. You know the word. And when those things and those voices rise up, it is right. It is right to measure them by the word. God does not come to frighten. His character does not frighten. If those words carry fear, they have not come from heaven. Mark it so. If that word comes and brings division, you mark it so. God is not the author of confusion, and he is not over division. If that word comes to divide the body, run from it. It is not from heaven, and it is not for you, and it is not for me. Words that divide, watch them, hear them, run from them. Words that divide will devour. And they're sometimes sneaky and subtle and pull you. There are things coming. There are many nexts. You are here for a time and a purpose. Some of you have just come to the place where you have begun to understand your purpose, your call, and your place. As you get settled in that, the strength will rise in it to do what he's called you to. For some, it's different than you expected. But surely, there is a strength to walk it. Surely, surely, there is a strength and anointing to carry it. Surely, it will work. You are not alone in this. And you won't be deceived by others if you'll hear. Amen? Amen. Pare, prosamate, prosa etere, i prasata ke bonga etele, i manda e kasulto estekere, a bed odo shikangetere bo atelemanda. Bechen do kosokochi i prete. Some have had very deep wounds, very deep. And they've tried to hide them. God knows. And he's healing them. He knows. Don't be afraid of what's coming. There's goodness rising. There's goodness rising. And there's an abundance of open doors coming. Some of you haven't recognized what those doors look like. They're different doors than you expected. There's open doors. And they're coming fast. I see them coming. It's because you're ready. And because you're willing. Pastor, Neil. Pare potal ma eshte. Bratanda bokar. Pretende gesta. Aprodeste ukadeshta. I prasana. There are some things that you thought we're going to take more time. It's being cut. Can I have an ushering? Thank you. 
Brechten. He has been a wonderful pastor, but many people have looked with their eyes and, and they've looked at him and, and, and seen him wrong and, and mocked his gift. Let every word that has come against you fall to the ground. And let the strength and the anointing and the call come forth in new dimensions. As he has spoken it, let it be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's a time of change. And we're going to rise in that strength. And we will walk in it. And we will have words that change this nation. And we will have answers. And we will answer every wiggle. We will answer every voice of defeat with words of life, with words of hope, with words of joy, and hallelujah praise to our King. And if you're in agreement, stand up where you are. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Thank you, God, for a stirring. For a refining of what you've put inside. A refining of it. That you're refining your gifts. Father, I thank you that voices of dissension, voices of mocking are leaving your people. Father, I thank you they're falling off ears, that minds are coming clear right now as we pray. Father, I thank you for, for the limitations coming off of people's minds. Limitations and expectations that have kept them bound and held them captive. Father, I thank you. They're coming under tonight. They're coming underfoot. I thank you, Lord, that they and we are overcomers. Thank you, Lord. Continue to pray. Lift your hands. Look to the Lord. We're not in any hurry this morning. We're here to hear what the Lord has to say. Yes. Bless you, Lord. Thank you. Tokora masi batolo sabregiena. Prakara dio kamasi. Prakodo sokalashisha. Kapo oradahara. I see ears that have been wounded, ears of the heart that have turned because they have been wounded. They've turned from not hearing any longer. Turned because I've been wounded, I've been hurt. Hallelujah. But the healing of the heart is here. The healing of those ears is here for those who receive it. In the Old Testament, they would anoint their ears. They would sanctify the ear so that it would hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And that same anointing oil come upon you now in Jesus' name so that your ear is healed and anointed to hear the word of the Lord that comes unto you now. Thank you, Lord. 
you can lay down the things that you've taken up because you didn't trust that God was going to give you the right. Those false things that seemed like solutions, they seemed close to what you'd heard God say. You don't have to make it fit. When it's God, it just fits. You don't have to try to stuff that square peg in the round hole. He intended you to be the round peg in the round hole. And you just fit. You don't have to try to fit. Because you just do. He gave you a place that was just yours.